we can do it. Y'all, it's been a few weeks. There are some excellent reasons for that. The first of which, a couple of, oh, excuse the crunching noises that you'll hear in the background. Piper, my dog, has decided that this exact moment is the moment she has to eat all of the food in her bowl. She might starve to death. Never mind that her food bowl has been full the entire day. And she has had absolutely 100% full availability to it. No. Must happen. Right this moment. It adds character, right? It just adds character to the podcast. Yeah, sure. We'll stick with that. Anyways, so. I have some excellent reasons why it has been a hot minute since the podcast has come out. And the first of which being... Two weeks ago, when I would have normally recorded the podcast, my car was murdered by a raccoon who chose to kamikaze his way across a road and end his life by striking my car. Let me be clear, I did not hit the raccoon. The raccoon hit me. Also... It's not like I hit a deer or a large hog or or something like that. Like, granted, I admit, like, I was coming home from work. It was dark. And granted, like, I work in a sort of rural, like, it was a rural road that I was going down. But this raccoon meant to die. It meant to, 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 to take my car with it. And it sure did. Long story short, I had to get a new car. And the process of getting a new car consumed the entirety of my normal podcast recording time. And then the week after that, I straight up just went to the beach, y'all. And it was kind of amazing. And don't worry, we social distanced, we kept everything safe, we wore masks, it was fine. We weren't like, doing that thing with all the millions of it wasn't like that but it was wonderful and amazing kind of exactly what I needed in my soul so because of that it's been a couple weeks and here we are and I want to talk about finding joy finding your joy specifically because I think it is an incredibly personal and incredibly specific to you experience that happiness is sort of a universal feeling and I think that joy is both precious and specific and intentional so we live in a world shaped by our own hands you know that's been the whole point of the last couple of episodes where we talked about being powerful forces in our own lives and how we can either take that power into our hands and use it as a tool to craft a better world Or we can be a victim to anything and everything that comes our way because we don't realize that we're the ones that are forcing ourselves not to grow. We're the ones, in essence, sabotaging our own world. We're the ones limiting our own world. So joy is exactly along those veins, along those those lines. So 
when it comes to joy, I think that there are a few pretty key misconceptions. One, I already sort of mentioned, but joy isn't happiness. It's not fleeting or shifting. It is a living, burning fire of like a flame within us. Joy comes out when we put our hearts toward what we love. I think that that's when we begin and continue to experience joy is when we aim our hearts to what we love. And joy comes when we choose health and happiness over discomfort and people pleasing. So we all know this is a Brene Brown fangirl podcast and she has this uncannily, unbelievably spot on like life changing thing that I am so bad at. And it's, she says, you have to choose discomfort over resentment. And how people pleasing and, and, and being led into resentment and led into bitterness is like the biggest combat we have to joy. Because instead of that moment of discomfort when we tell someone no, or that moment of discomfort when we choose what we really know we wish we would do or what what our hearts are really pointed towards we just end up filled with days and hours and lifetimes of resentment and i am horrible at this because i am at my very essence and core kind of a people pleaser and i have a very hard time telling people no when i feel like i owe them a yes that's a podcast for a different time and I'm sure we will go into that on a much more detailed concept. Um, we're coming into the Friends series pretty soon that I'm really excited about going into um, in my planning, my very carefully planned notes in my carefully planned planner, also known as the Notepad app. Um, and we'll go into people pleasing and all that sort of thing. I think that's a really important thing to talk about. But we're talking about how that affects joy. So joy comes... When we click into the groove of our purpose, the fire inside us that just brings us to life. And if this has never happened to you, my best and only advice for this is keep trying till it does. You could be a virtuoso violinist and the whole world would be bereft of your gift simply because you never picked one up. Like you don't know what your passion and your heart and your love is until you try it and find it and there it is. You know, like, for instance, um, I have a couple of things I'm super passionate about. I am a deeply passion-driven person. That's just kind of who I am. If I'm not passionate, there's something wrong. Um, but there's some things in my life that I'm incredibly passionate about. One is coffee. I've always been very passionate about coffee since I was, well, honestly, since I was pretty little, I, some of my earliest memories, I think I was like two or three years old, is crawling around and taking the coffee out of my dad's cup. And he would do this funny thing where he would be like, there must be a hole in my cup. All my coffee's gone. And I would like sit there and be like three and I would like laugh because I would like be like, he doesn't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was three. It was simple and simple little three-year-old and I uh I, I thought I'd gone by with it you know like he thought there was like an actual hole in it anyway it's fine it's fine it's whatever it's this is a story um so I started exploring that and 
it blossomed and came into this creature of its own being until I have probably 10 different ways of making coffee. I've been a barista for almost 10 off and on years from my life. I've done everything in coffee from distribution to, um, you know, making the actual coffee to running shops to managing to owning to et cetera, et cetera. So it's one of those things that that exploration of that passion has carried me to so many unbelievable and exciting places and has brought me an incredible amount of joy. Um, the same could be said about what I'm doing right now with my life, which is mead. I, I work for a meadery. Shout out, Rohan! And uh, it's one of the most amazing and awesome things that I've done in professionally ever. And it's partially because I'm incredibly passionate about mead and making mead. And I never would have done that if my friend Christina hadn't and, and my sister Shree hadn't been like, you need to go buy that mead making kit right now. You've been talking about it for a year. If you don't go do it, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. And I went and bought a mead making kit, you know, back back in the day. And if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have realized this passion for creating that I had of creating these beverages and crafting it and experiencing it. And I wouldn't be doing something that I just deeply love for people that I deeply honor and respect. And so it's just... Our passions lead us to joy. And by pointing our our intention and our drive and our focus towards our heart and towards what we love, putting our hearts towards what we love, towards what we're drawn to, we find joy. I think that joy is a choice and it it's found in our moments of self-trust and passion. Joy is found after we put aside people-pleasing and our shoulds and when we embrace our actual desires. Should is such an insane and negative and terrifying thing when we allow ourselves to be run and owned by our shoulds, by what we should be doing, what people think we should be, who I should have been, what I should have done. Because there's no want in should. There's no, I wanted to. There's no participation in should. And I think, you know, when we take away obligation and we take away guilt and we take away shame and we look at desire... And we think about what little of our day is actually desire-driven. No wonder we have such little joy. So please note, we're going to take a moment. Please note, I am not talking about things that hurt other people. I am not talking about things that cost other people. I am not talking about things that go obviously against your moral compass. I am not talking about things that in general break the law. I am not talking about things that could cause pain, damage, um, villainization, um, victimization of someone else. I am not talking about that. So when I say follow your desires and I say point your heart towards what you love you know, blah, 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 blah. Please understand, I am not condoning something that is obviously morally incorrect or obviously 
damaging to another person or property. Please and thank you. That is my one note for this. It should be obvious that I'm not saying that, but I'm going to say it. Your joy should not cost someone else. I feel like that is an important enough thing to say, and I'm going to say it again. Your joy should not cost someone else theirs. Now, on a basic level, that does also not mean that you are not allowed to need. That does not mean that you are not allowed to need help to achieve your joy or that you have to do everything alone or that you're in it alone. I'm not saying any of those things. I am simply saying your joy should not, the the, the price for your joy should not be someone else's. That should be basic and intuitive, but I'm going to say it. We're going to take a moment for what is Rosie drinking? Y'all, on this dark October night, I'm drinking a Pinot Noir. It's by the company Juggernaut. I think it's... Yeah, Juggernaut. And this is California wine, I think. It's delicious. I got it from H-E-B. Shout out H-E-B. And, I, you know, I'm not sponsored by Juggernaut or uh, H-E-B. And I don't know how Juggernaut would ever really find out about this. But if you're listening, Juggernaut, I would love. Let me communicate how deeply I would love to be sponsored by your wine company. Because let me tell you, your Cabernet is life-changing. And this Pinot Noir, pretty slamming good, too. So, coming back to this, um, for me, I found my joy when I stopped running away from who I had been. I found my joy when I stopped trying so hard to be someone and instead was myself. When I was little, I was pretty precocious. I don't say that to be one of those obnoxious people, but more of just, I kind of was obnoxiously precocious when I was little. I was one of those little kids that I could read by the time I was three. I could read chapter books by the time I was three. I was very smart and very, I was funny and it was all a very much a survival tactic. I was born to a very large family and being clever and witty was a a way to get attention and a way to get noticed amongst my parents friends or different people like that just a way to be to stand out from a large crowd and um because of that everybody was always talking about how much potential I had You know, and I took it to heart and I very much was driven by this, I will be someone. Driven by this, you know, it's okay that I'm not someone yet. It's not okay that I don't know how to be someone, but I'll be someone. It's okay because I will. Someday I'll be someone. And I've talked about that Tegan and Sarah song someday where it's like, mark my words, I'll be someone someday. And, And I so deeply lived that. And I was so wound up in my potential 
my wasting of my potential and and it was like this millstone around my neck drowning me all the time because I felt like I had this thing that I had to be or this person I had to be and I had no idea how to be it and any potential that I had for joy was swallowed up in this guilt and shame because I wasn't enough and I wasn't I wasn't that person I wasn't that person who fulfilled her potential I didn't I didn't go to traditional college or anything like that I wasn't I I went from being a really precocious little kid to being someone who actually didn't have a ton of book smarts I am a very kinetic um skill driven person and I actually do a lot better with things that I can touch and hold and fix and a lot less with theoretical kind of this is how the world you know these numbers don't actually exist but they do in your head you know the different things that make up that sort of thing and because of that because of just several factors within all that I just felt crushed by this potential I knew I couldn't possibly live up to and you know I've talked about the process of getting through self-loathing and all those sorts of things But for me, as healing as that whole journey was, I think that the place that I really found joy was when I started intentionally choosing to love who I was. And then I started letting my heart actually point to the things that I loved about who I was. Instead of pulling my heart towards where I thought I owed the world to become, I let my heart wonder over to where it wanted to be and joy isn't about money or status or accomplishments joy is found in simple profound beauty of your own heartbeat being realized and discovered and my joy is in cooking gardening shocking I know shocking but it is creating things hammocks sunsets friends community my faith mead Uh, it's found in very simple moments it's found in looking at the stars and remembering where the constellations are it's found in my baby niece smiling it, it's found in these moments like listening to a song that just takes your breath away because it's the most beautiful thing you've ever heard and you let yourself actually listen to it tonight my joy is found in a pot pie cooked by a very dear friend and a glass of fantastic red wine and the accomplishment of finally recording this podcast and I think more than anything the real way that I have found my joy in this whole process I think that the truest road to joy is found in gratitude a couple of years ago during my great awakening that I've talked about multiple times 
I started this thing that I still do. And it's every morning and night, I list the things that I'm grateful for before falling asleep and before getting out of bed. Because I want every day to end in gratitude and every day to begin with gratitude. Because when we live in a place of gratitude, bitterness is impossible. And bitterness is the greatest enemy of joy. Bitterness is the death of joy. And you you can't be bitter when you're grateful. They can't exist in the same place. They can't occupy the same place. And gratitude is the birthplace of joy. It's the road. It's the path. It's the... It's the step. So... If you're still asking yourself, well, well, that's all great, but I don't like hammocks. Or that's all great, but I hate the sunset. That's all great, but I can't cook, Rosie. Like, what do I do, you know? My joy is very different than your joy. Your joy could be in, I don't know, something weird, like collecting dolls. Please don't let it be that. But it could be, you know? Your joy could be in watching Jeopardy every morning and and guessing the answers. Your joy could be in playing bridge with your best friends. Your joy could be in painting. Your joy could be in sewing. Your joy could be in, I don't know, milking a cow. It could be anything. Like, point your heart. Ask your heart what it loves. Really sit with it for a bit. Give yourself permission to make a list, to make a map of where your joy is found. And if you don't know it, then start the search today. Do something you've never done before that might have interested you. Or that even sounds like something that could interest you. Or that scares you. And see if it brings you joy. I mean, we all know the whole Marie Kondo thing where she like does the thing where it sparks joy you know like you hold the thing and if it doesn't spark joy you get rid of it but but how many of the things that you actually do in your life not things that you own but things that you do actually give you joy spark joy and if the answer is none don't you deserve to live a bigger better life and by just living and breathing and being a person, doesn't that mean that you deserve a a bigger more joyful life? What are the things that are blocking your joy? What are the things that are holding you back? And if it's things like, well times are hard or it's a it's a pandemic, Rosie, there's a pandemic on. Like I get it. It's hard. There are hard things going on. There are moving and shaking in the most ugly political climate I've ever seen and and there's some nasty things happening in the world and there's some terrifying things happening and things that it feels like we have no power to control and it is so easy to become jaded and victimized and bitter in that place but what I am telling you is that despite that or in fact maybe in spite of that or maybe even because of that There are so many beautiful opportunities for joy. 
light is more profoundly beautiful in a dark place. Joy is so starkly necessary in a place of sorrow and in a place of struggle. Give yourself permission to find your joy. Anyways, thanks for being here, y'all. Welcome back, and I'm going to try real, real hard to not murder any more raccoons and uh, and stay on target to get to the next week's episode to y'all. And, uh, and we're going to start going into the Friends series and start talking about kind of some different things with codependencies and and just healthy relationships and some braving techniques and stuff like that. I'm really excited about it. But in the meantime, don't forget, you can do it. We can do it. by Cherie Haynes. Social media is managed by Vivian Ellison. If you enjoyed We Can Do It, please take a minute to subscribe and review. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and keep on riveting. <laughs>